Welcome to But Where Are You From? Half of uh, Q Crew. Hello. Hiya. The good half. You both the like better half. <laughs> Cheeky. <laughs> Would you both like to introduce yourselves? Uh, my name's Itch. I am the um, front man, I suppose, of Fuck You Crew, uh, a lyricist, poet, and um, rapper. And down there, we've got Marianne. Hello. I, uh, hello, my name's Marianne. Uh, I play bass and also sometimes uh, strings, violin, and maybe sometimes keyboards, maybe sometimes I'm singing. Don't know where I am. Um, and wow. I am, yeah, supporting, supporting our front man of uh, Folky Crew. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, amazing. I mean, uh, I got grade one in piano, which great. I'm the <laughs> great. Good. <laughs> and that's as much as um, like mus- musical knowledge that I have. Um, I'm one of those failed musical students. I didn't get very far with um, my musical pursuits. So I feel very intimidated right now to be speaking with you both. Well, I have less than a grade one, so uh, <laughs> I wouldn't worry. Yeah, but you can rap and you're a lyricist, so I feel like that kind of balances it out. There's no competition <laughs> here. All good. Yeah, true. That's true. Um, Itch, can can you explain your your name and where that came from? I'm sure you get asked this all the time, and you're currently rubbing your forehead as if you get asked that so much. <laughs> and that you're like, can people... uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, all Singaporean families have nicknames. Um, my uh, uncles and aunties. It was only actually quite recently that I I found out their actual like real names. Um, it's just kind of a, a given that you're going to be given a nickname. So when I was younger, I had um, a bum rash and I would, I would just scratch my bum constantly. Um, and it just kind of, this, this, this is true. Not, this is true. Yeah. But it just, it just stuck. And um, not the, not the rash that cleared up quite quickly <laughs> with some cream, but the, the name stuck. Gosh, so it actually came from you itching your bum because that's what my first thought was. That, I want like, to clarify, cheek, but not butthole. Yeah, no, not the hoop. I uh, mean, that's okay as well. That's okay. If, I'm if not it judging it. I just, the... I just want to say, like the situation, how it happened. It was cheek based. <laughs> it was a cheek based rash. We've, yeah. we've all been there. We've all been there. Um, and Marianne is that's your given name was that That, yeah yeah that is my given name actually loads of people they're like sometimes they think that maybe I'm slightly Italian or something I used to have really really long hair like and it's really ringlety and curly and I've got freckles I'm super pale um so I actually don't I take more after my dad who's part Scottish part English um and uh yeah and then I have a French name (laughs) so um yeah Marianne is is my god-given name um yeah amazing well thank you both for joining uh, I'm going to ask you the question that we ask every single person who comes on the podcast it's the name of the podcast but where are you from have you been asked that before as well and how do you feel about that question oh my god it's a horrible question it's like mm. such a horrible question because it's not when you asked it there that's fine but to be <laughs> asked it is like I just told you do you know what I mean? Like, if I told you my first answer, just take that. 
So, like, if someone asks, I say I'm from London, you know, but, um, you know, my roots mm. is that, um, you know, my mum is, is Singaporean. I'm not sure about my father. Um, but I, but I, I'm from London. Mm. I do the same. Like, so many people, oh, well, so where, where are you from then? Like, oh, I'm from Reading. It's like, yes, I'm not from, they're not, not from London. No, I'm from Reading. It's a, and I just start explaining about Reading. Oh, it's a really big commuter town. You know, it's just west of London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there. And I have like such a Reading accent. Like, I don't have a Asian infused accent because I never lived there. And then they're like, oh, hmm. right. So Reading, but, but where, where? And then you know what's coming next. It's like, yeah. And I'll, I'll just be, oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah my dad's English and it's like ugh, okay um but but my heritage is that my dad is um Scottish and British um and actually did a sorry short answer my dad is Scottish British my mum is Malaysian Chinese um and I actually did a DNA test not one of the super specific ones just a kind of slightly more general cheaper one um and that did confirm that my Asian heritage is only Malaysian Chinese it's not a mix of any anything else as far as I know um but my dad's side actually included um Scandinavian by like a tiny percentage also um European somewhere like not uh it just meant like basically middle of middle of Europe (laughs) Um, middle of Europe somewhere middle of Europe and that's probably because of the mix of travel and rampaging and pillaging um through Genghis Khan's time of that era where everyone was just taking over each other so so they're in many many people um now uh who are like oh I'm I'm purely this or I'm purely that like whatever their country they think they're only from they actually mm. are from different countries in in Europe as well so that was really interesting mm. to see like Scandinavian which was probably from like the Vikings and the Nord Nordics coming over um mm. to, to Britain and invading that like bloodline so yeah really really interesting and eye-opening but not um not as much <laughs> new information as I thought <laughs> Um, so do, do you say that whole thing to people who ask you but where are you from after, yeah usually I, I do me talk, just I just get my graph out for you yeah um, yeah I do I do go into a lot of detail I am uh, one of those sticklers for details who will mm. um like to take things to the nth degree so yeah actually if people do ask me I'm like all right well if you really want to know then I'll <laughs> exactly tell you and then they'll yeah. almost wish they hadn't <laughs> You know I, what? I, I kind of yeah. Sorry. Oh, I've well, got this story about them DNA tests. I did I did one as well, and um, oh. I think it was probably a similar site, right? I don't know how many of them there yeah. are, but um, these these TV oh, producers no, touch and they were like, um, you're you've got like this long lost cousin or something, um, and we're doing a TV show called DNA Race in America, and do you want to come on? And it's like the most American thing, where these sort of 10 different families form different teams and they can win money by finding these people in their family. And um, and I was like, Ooh. okay, this is kind of crazy. But I'm always of the thinking, like, if a crazy opportunity comes my way, as weirdly happens quite a lot, like something mad, I'm like, all right, just do it. So mm. I said to them, all right, I'll do this show, uh, DNA Radio, it's called, right? And then a last minute, because of COVID, everything 
it fell through. But um, I was like, this is a weird way to meet someone. But it's all very, you know, very American. You know, how much money were we talking? You know what? It's yeah. a lot because it was on season like seven or something like that. It was yeah. like a fairly successful show. But oh my gosh! Yeah, they were winning some money. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, that is a really interesting concept, and also can I don't know. Like, I feel like you know, if you don't, if you can't trace your family bloodline, because I know, like, with my family, my my granddad was adopted. It'd be really, I'd love to like find out who my family actually are, like where they come from from my dad's side, because I don't know that much about my dad's history, my family history, apart from my granddad was adopted. But it, there's literally no documentation or anything. It must be just really. I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. That is so cool. Where are you from? I'm from Warrington. Um, and that's where I uh, usually go to. And then when I'm like, oh, no, shit, you mean like, oh, no, yeah, I'm, uh, my family's from Hong Kong. So I'm um, British born Chinese. But I always forget when people ask me that question. I do default to like my hometown. And I completely, some, I just sometimes forget about my ethnicity. And that's the reason why they're asking as well. And then you feel almost like bad then when you're like, oh, no, you meant like, where's this from? <laughs> oh, I see. Let, let me explain. Let me get the scroll out. And then they're like, oh, so you're from China. I'm like, no, I'm from Hong Kong. It's different. Um, and then you have to go into the whole thing as well. Um, mm. So, yeah, it can be probably quite a confusing question. Um, and I think that's why I, I, we call the podcast, but where are you from? Because it's just something that so many people of color can relate to. Um, and everyone has very, very different reactions to it. Some people don't mind the question at all. Some people get quite triggered by that question. Um, some people just joke around with it and very much tailor it depending on like who's asking, if it's another person of color asking and it's a different response. If it's someone from the same like community as you, then it's a different response. So I think like there's lots of different like nuanced ways of answering that question. There's no right or wrong answer. So it would be quite, it'd be quite interesting, I think, for our listeners to know um, why did Fuki Crew start? Um, how did you all meet and, and what like what is the origin of this name and why you decided to call yourself a key crew as well so I mean I started making some music with Bubba T um, well a little while ago starting to explore Asianness and my heritage and then when COVID happened and all the you know the hate crimes kind of went through the roof the racism came out um we thought, okay, we need to do something about this. There's no way we can talk about that and ignore actually what's happening here. And it became obvious that we needed to really form a band. So, um, you know, I knew Marianne, I knew Jojo already. We were already friends. So it just kind of made sense. I was like, all right, let's just get in a room and see what happens. We didn't know because we're all from very different backgrounds. They're from mm. more classical backgrounds. We're from more like, you know, we're from very different worlds. But it was like, let's just get in a room, see what happens. And um, and it worked out. It worked out quite quite naturally, I think. Yeah, it was very much like meet each other. Like we knew of each other, like it said, um, through like our music, different musical circles and just like gigging and stuff. But um, getting together and specifically working on music together of this nature, which is obviously so very personal um, for us and, and Boati being like such a versatile musician to do all different styles of music that he has done in the past and now um working in this style uh or different styles that we're doing um mm. yeah it just felt like really comfortable and it was like it's like when you choose your friends you know someone to live with those big like life life changing people 
um, and important people in your life that you go, oh yeah, but this is cool. This is fine. I'm relaxed. I'm okay. Um, and we make great music together. So. Such a yeah, different it's awesome. balance of chemistry. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like a nice mm-hmm. mix of people, I think. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So if you had to describe each other's personalities, like, you know, each group has like the bossy one, the quiet one, the, I don't know, the weird one. <laughs> if you had to give yourself, if you had to homogenize yourselves to just one thing per person, what would you say each of you would be? <laughs> I was about to say Tom's a stubborn one. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but we can all be stubborn. Like, we can all be stubborn about different Musicians. things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Visionary. We're actually quite good at arguing, I feel. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's like a skill to be it's able to be with people. Mm. Like, in a healthy relationship, right? You know mm. how to argue with someone. Because yeah. arguments are going to happen and disagreements are going to happen. So it's like respecting mm. boundaries and all that kind of thing. And I feel like mm. we're quite good at arguing, which is quite important in a band. Really? Yeah. Oh God, I hate confrontation. I think I would just shut down. Goodbye. Yeah, I am not arguing. But you mean arguing is in like when you when you're you know there's obviously going to be like musical differences and stuff like that. Like, do you talk about stuff like that? What what, yeah, what are you arguing about? Respectful and everyone gets heard, and it's like it's just a nice mix, I suppose. Yeah, mainly about music. Um... Yeah, about music that we're working on. So it'll be, you, there are t- comes a time where um, decisions have to be made. Um, cut that, move on with this, move forward in this direction or what have you. Mm. Or here's this crazy idea. And, and then we have to kind of think, okay, are we swinging it someplace else? Um, so usually yeah. it's the, things like that. And sometimes it can get a little bit like, not heated, but, you know, it can be like, be quite impassioned about how you feel about it because you're like no but I feel this um yeah, yeah. and sometimes it, we do just like have long talks like we were having chats about um political things and about just like things that are happening in our day and about how the covid situation is evolving and and also about like seeing newspaper articles and newspaper lines and kind of like discussing them and actually I'm mm. you know we had a recent discussion and I was learning a lot from uh, particularly from it who like reads other things that I haven't or haven't up to yeah. now so mm. yeah just kind of like having a really good back and forth so we're all quite similar it's not like one's this one one's that one in terms of political views and yeah we're kind of quite similar I would say so yeah I think like when you have, I think I, I can certainly like pick out similarities with like how BC and her form, because there's six of us in that group. And like, whilst we're all like very left-leaning and like we all like fundamentally agree on a lot of the same things, I think we've brought in a lot of nuances just by having those discussions. And they can be quite like, not not heated because it's always very respectful, but you start to kind of just like question each other's thinking a bit more. And we're all developing those ideas together, um, which ultimately helps shape our work like it really does bring in so many different perspectives that you just can't get one person learning by yourself and I think it just shows how important having like community to talk about this type of stuff like the past year I have learned so much about racial politics way more than I ever have done in my whole life and I I'm quite ashamed to say I was previously very very apolitical Um, I didn't think that we would end up working with politicians in regards to like the petition that we started last year um, and lo and behold here we are and like 
I came from a very privileged and ignorant position of not knowing how politics affected our world until my community was directly affected. And I could see the impact on a macro level to the point where I was like, shit, actually this very much impacts me, my life as, as much as I am in a, you know, very privileged lifestyle, middle-class lifestyle, run my own business, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things still impact me in a way that is largely out of my control. And I, I think that's only through last year, Black Lives Matter, massive catalyst for that, 100% would put down a lot to the the awakening in terms of like the, the racial discourse um, and then COVID-19 racism as well. But previously before that, I was just like, la, 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 la. It's like I had like, sunglasses on and I didn't know how to kind of like I didn't know what was going on in the world I don't know whether you both have felt like that at all um and whether you didn't have your community prior to last year and everything that happened yeah, it's awakened a lot um certainly myself I've I, I've uh, always been political and part of political movements but I really discovered my Asianness and mm. um I never felt part of Asian community at all I never um bothered never really had Asian friends never yeah. explored it never really saw it as part of who well I, I suppose I saw it as part of my identity but it wasn't a, a big thing to me and it was only um you know after I started to be able to link what was happening with what's happening politically and what's happening socially um that I started to explore a, my own Asianness and my own uh, roots and my own um, history, I suppose, or, and, and, and felt part of uh, a culture for the, for the, for the first mm. time, really, because I've always felt like um, not Asian enough mm. or um, a, like a bad Asian, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, a, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't think I'm a stereotypical, Asian, I suppose. I, I think I would fail an Asian test um, if there were one. Um, there, used, there used to be a segment on the podcast called How Asian Are You? Then I took it out because I was like, that could be really triggering for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I took it out. It had oh, its own wow. jingle and everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd for sure fail. Um, but but uh, it's only since this that I've that it's been amazing to make links in the community and to feel like there is a real movement happening now with this generation. Whereas our parents' generations were told to keep the head down and work hard and don't make any fuss and try and assimilate. I think that our generation really understands um, colonialism, imperialism and uh, our own history. And for me personally, I don't feel like I owe Britain anything um mm. i don't feel like i owe the empire anything um and i think that there is a new generation who are quite who are going to be really outspoken and who are going to stand up and, and really make a change but it's so exciting to see it forming now mm. and to and to be on this kind of grassroots level where it's just bubbling up and taking form and taking shape because i've seen so many because like i say i've been in political movements in the past and i've seen so many break up through egos and just mm. infighting and arguing and it's so lovely to see this new movement where because it's new there's there's no elders and no uh, people who've been here for forever doing it you know th there's certainly um 
Asian activists that we work with who have been doing this for generations longer than us. Um, but this new movement that's happened since sort of COVID and BLM, um, it seems like a really exciting time. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I would just add just the latter part of what you're saying, Itch, um, uh, rediscovering your uh, my own Asian-ness uh, more recently, like never having pretty much almost for the whole of my life I suppose not really ever celebrating like Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year um, and then maybe occasionally like might get some money or red packet um, on one year and then not the next kind of thing and then actually deciding to send red packets to my younger cousins kids who my nieces um, and especially through Covid like I'll send it instead of birthday gifts I was mm. like oh you don't need any gifts you've got so much stuff I'm gonna send you something which is you know now is now becoming more important and more dear to me mm. um so I want to impart that even though I couldn't be there um and also yeah just really exciting being part of um this movement because for me I've I've always been kind of like lefty was like oh, I think on my first year of voting I voted Green Party all through even though I was told <laughs> oh you know it's not gonna make any difference but so I kind of like dabbled in it but never really been involved and so for me it's it's fairly new um, mm. um, and just what you were saying Viv about um, this past year or year and a half um, of being an awakening um, exactly the same for me like going out to march on one of the days for blm and videoing that footage and then getting my friends over in america sending messages over being like thank you thank you for supporting us like you know really almost being shocked and i was like why are you shocked and of course like you know i've got mm. family over there who are african-american and it's like yeah of course it's, it's just mm. such a such an important cause um but yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of still new um, for me. Yeah, I think it is because we haven't had to organize in this way before in our generation, certainly. And like you said, Itch, before, there are certainly lots of East and Southeast Asian people have been advocating for um, our communities for years. I like think about the London Chinese Centre, Hackney Chinese Centre, all, all of these organizations with um, with pioneers who have been talking about this for so 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 long you know everything that we're doing now isn't anything new we're learning from those generations it's just we're I guess interpreting it in a very different way but what we're doing is no different but yeah I certainly feel you on that as well like with the whole celebrating Lunar Year thing I had to celebrate at home by myself and so like I made loads of food um like for the first time I made myself congee I don't know whether either of you eat congee but it's something that like I had growing up like it's like boiled boiled rice watery rice with stuff in it um, I think I've tried <laughs> it once once probably when I was too young to appreciate it but I'm more of a noodles yeah. person anyway than the are the you team person. team noodle than or team mm. rice I'm team yeah. noodle for sure I've all the way I agree what are you itch I mean rice is every day rice is like well dinner is rice with what's ever in the fridge right uh -huh. and then a noodle is like a special occasion it's a treat. But you have to choose itch one this is the About point it. it's team okay. rice or noodle well, all right because this is hard this is a hard question um it no, it's very divisive rice it's got to be rice it's more versatile is it yes, is it more quiet. versatile boil it 
you can put it in shapes like triangles and put meat in the middle. You can do all kinds. You can glutinous rice it. You can do all kinds of things with a rice. You can probably make a noodle out of it. Of course you can. Rice you can. noodle. <laughs> of course you can. Rice noodle. Light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But then with okay. noodles, you can have dry noodles, spicy noodles, plain noodles, noodles can, with soup. You can wrap yeah. it in the Vietnamese yeah, summer roll. I love a noodle. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is your question misleading now. You're putting this on... Dividing and conquering. We're dividing. <laughs> I know. I, I, I ask this question quite a lot, and it does cause debate. It, it it must be that I haven't cooked enough for you guys, so I'll have to bring yeah. my, bring my skills because <laughs> I am. And and a part of the uh, part of part of this uh, kind of rediscovering your yeah, Asianness as well. Like uh, people would say, "Oh, does your mom cook Malaysian food at home?" I was like. No, mm. because I don't like hot food. I don't like spicy mm. food, and I never have. And and mm. uh, and they're like, "Oh, does she not cook it? Does she not eat it?" She's like, "No, I can't. She can't be bothered." So, <laughs> like, just to cook for one person, like a big Malaysian nice dish. And actually, mm. part of uh, part of my journey has been going to Southeast Asia and go, finally going to uh, Vietnam and and being able to try the foods like that I've been trying over here in London, mm. um, but in a, in a totally different sense, trying Chinese hot pot, trying, um, uh, trying and loving like loads of different Thai foods as well. Uh, and, and trying to just recreate it as well. So, yeah, nice. Like that's the thing. Like, I feel like for a long time, I certainly feel that way where like there was almost like a gatekeeping to being Asian enough. Every time I hear that or someone tries to shame someone else for like not feeling Asian enough, I'm just like, fuck you. Fuck you. Because what does it mean? What does it mean to be Asian enough? Like I'm shit at math. Does that make me a bad Asian? But like I've certainly had it when I've been shamed by my own community because I don't, oh, because I can't speak Cantonese very well, for example. That's a that's a big one, and I, I get laughed at for trying to speak Cantonese. But now I think it's come to like a full circle where I feel so much more accepting of who I am, and like I I straddle both communities, and like my experience of being Chinese is going to be different to another British-born Chinese person, and that's also okay. Um, and I think it's just through talking to more people and like building a rich tapestry of like who we are that's made me realize like no experience is the same like even like I'm a twin but even mine and hers experiences are very very different even though we grew up in the same household etc but the way we identify with being Chinese is very very different um so that's been a nice like realization um I think to just be like yeah fuck you yeah <laughs> basically I the sort of East, East and Southeast Asian diaspora in this country is perhaps different in than it is in other countries because uh, sure we have a Chinatown uh, but mostly um, it's been really spread out throughout the UK that you know people have come over and haven't formed communities obviously there was originally in Limehouse uh, community then uh, turned into Chinatown in Soho etc but overall um, it's not really like you know, we, we, we're scattered all over the UK, really. Going back to you both being very, very musically gifted. I mean, I've listened to Enter the Dragon so many times. Do you have any, like, um, 
advice for those wanting to pursue a, like a creative career, especially I think those within our communities where we we see so much like um, advocation for like professional industries, whatever that means. Like I remember my mom saying to me, "I'm I'm one of three, and what my my older sister is a she's going to be a doctor in clinical psychology. My other sister is a primary school teacher, and I work in marketing. And she's like, we've got two professionals in the family, and I'm like, what? So what, what do I do then? Like, what am I? Um, have you ever had pressure from your family to go down those routes? And how did you fight against that and, and advocate for what you wanted? Yeah, big time, big time. Um, so, I mean, probably in a low key way, like my mum, she would, she would, a lot of times she'd be like, oh, because I got a sister, an older sister as well. And we both ended up going into the arts Um uh, she's into uh, she's graphic designer and more into art make art art and I'm music art. Um, so art, she'd be like, "Oh, just marry someone rich, just become an orthodontist or marry an orthodontist." And I was just <laughs> like, "That's boring. Like, I don't want to do that." And um, I didn't really get my my dad's like tech gene. That he's an electrical engineer, um, so very much on the techie nerdy side of things. Um, but Thankfully, though, like both my parents were really supportive of what I did want to do. So I was lucky and I didn't have uh, pushy parents in terms of like, I'm not going to fund the things that I don't deem are worthy and that mm. I think you should go down this path. So actually, I've I've been super blessed that um, uh, my childhood and growing up and my life choices have been able to be quite free and informed by my own decisions and my own interests with and and fairly unin, unencumbered quite quite just open so I started playing violin when I was seven because I saw my, my neighbors actually playing in an, an assembly so I've mm. gone down the formal route of of learning violin 100% full-on classical scary oh shouty gosh. teacher um <laughs> And then, um, and, and I just wanted to be on stage. It wasn't even anything about the violin that I liked. I just wanted to be up in front of everyone, like making noise and everyone looking at me. So um, that to me was a thick oh, thing. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I only realised that like looking back, you know, a few years ago when being a bit introspective about my journey mm. and things. So, um, so doing that and then going into bass guitar and then, um, my parents again still being like really open they were like oh you already play one instrument now you want to do something completely different and I could see they were kind of like hmm the cogs kind of turning feeling a bit confused about what was going on um and thinking it was probably a phase and and still doing it um but actually I did want to learn piano my mom was like oh you have to do it all the way up until grade eight you won't be able to quit so then oh I was gosh. like, oh, well, I'm well, I'm not going to take the lessons then because she presented it in such a negative way, like mm. such a kind of grizzle kind of kind of way that I like, ended up not taking those those formal lessons like much earlier on. But um, sorry. And he said in advice for people who might want to go into music or thinking about yeah yeah anyone who wants to go into like a creative industry in some way do, do you have any advice for them um uh, what have you learned along the way yeah um I mean I am definitely an advocate of like following your heart do what interests you because otherwise you are going to either hate your life hate your 
the people who pushed you into doing the other thing that you didn't want to do. Mm. Um, and you're going to end up doing it anyway. So I've been in a position where I was working a full-time job and earning like pretty okay money for my age and what I, where I was at in my life. But I spent, I had no savings because I was spending like what, uh, almost like 200 pounds a month doing gigs for free and getting there doing music lessons to further my educate my own education mm. musical things and uh, my partner being like why do you have like z- literally zero savings I was like li- I'm just spending it because I'm not satisfied in my job where I spend mm. 40 45 hours in to mm. then pursue my hobby and then not seeing that person so yeah, yeah. ultimately it's yeah it's about prioritizing like what you think is important in your life and just going for it just try it because otherwise you'll get to 45 or 60 or older and you'll and you'll regret it yeah and we're all gonna die we're all going to die we're all gonna die eventually that's not new news exactly not new news but we forget that especially when we're you know our age and young and we we think we're immortal and it's actually like no Mm. we're not yeah (laughs) sorry didn't mean to take it to that level where we're talking about death (laughs) (laughs) it's what about yourself like do you what's your kind of journey with that then in terms of like pursuing your musical career my journey is quite different um mm. I, I I grew up very poor so it was very much um you know it was um there weren't any lessons it was little like pots and pans drum kit um kind of thing was my mm. first like learning and then um but I mean my mum always knew I wasn't gonna do a nine to five I was always a bit um weird and different so I I I started a band when I was quite young um we became quite successful um we went for uh, 15 years or something and then after that I did a, a solo career um mainly between here um America and s- sometimes in Europe um and then after that I weirdly became a one-hit wonder in Australia um and then after that I came back here we sort of put the band together a little bit um put the band back together a little bit and then um Covid happened so Mm. this started that's kind of my journey Mm. I I think I've just had the penny drop where I think I actually recognize your name from your musical your career because have you always gone by itch as your musical (laughs) yeah I recognize you sorry I'm just having a bit of a moment right now <laughs> it's awkward anyway anyway um, I'm cool I'm cool Marianne carry on play cool I just wanted to add something actually I realized I was kind of like waffling in a funny direction but what I did want to say was um, in terms of like practical things for advice for musicians for budding musicians musicians who are just potential sitting on the sidelines watching what activity is going on and trying to figure out what group they fit into um it would be to just put yourself out there maybe Mm. it starts with a couple of lessons and then you don't carry you don't need them to carry on or or you've you've sequestered yourself away in your room and you've been learning like led zeppelin covers for three Mm. years and now you're ready to like branch out and do something else but you want to do it with the comfort of company um i would say go to open mic nights and make friends with people just and go Mm. to different places go to places where the music that you like is playing 
but also take a chance on music that maybe you haven't really listened to that much before. Um, yeah. I would say hit up like different, go onto like colleges and websites to find um, particular, like you can find free courses going on, um, free event things, especially in this world of like, hey, we're going to do a Zoom. And obviously that's free because um, mm. it's if it's all online and like not ticketed thing. Go to go to events and, and meet people and start making connections with people because sooner or later, especially if you're in a room full of musicians, they'll go, mm. oh, what are you interested? What are you doing? And so I can I cannot even count the amount of times I got asked that and I went, oh, well, so I just kind of um, and like I was just so nervous and felt so unworthy of saying I'm a musician. Mm. I like this and I like this. And I like this like. I'm a classical musician or like I'm doing classical music, but I like punk music, but I like electronic yeah. music and kind of still, yeah, not really owning those parts of me and happy to yeah. say it to, to a stranger and mm. just go out there. People are so, um, so humble to, and will help you and, and try and guide you as much as they can um mm. if, if they're like oh cool you're a piano player but you want to like play in a really offbeat i don't know in this kind of genre they'll go oh i i know a guy I yeah he does that stuff and they'll start connecting you up so it's just about mm. like meeting people making friends and then trying to find those genuine connections of people that you like and go out to as much music as you can and just try and absorb it all and whether that's creating original music like itch did from a young age and finding that calling and just working through that journey figuring out mm. how it all mm. fits together or if it's joining like my journey was more joining other people who were really strong leaders yeah and I enjoyed being more in the background and supporting from mm. musical sense rather than being in the front um, yeah so yeah yeah, that's really that's really good advice and I can see that actually like transcending over to lots of different industries like I'm just thinking about you talking about that networking thing and just how vital that is in in most industries really and like certainly identify especially when I was younger and I still get bounced of it now of like that imposter syndrome of like I can't really say that I'm I do whatever I do yet until I get to a level but actually like they, they do say fake it until you make it and there's so much truth in that or like dress for the position you want type of thing. And like, there is a lot of like embodying who you are because if you're not going to believe in yourself, then who else is, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's very true. It's, did you have anything to add to that in terms of any advice and lessons that you've learned along the way? Um, for me, it's really just like, I mean, I guess music is, is slightly different, but it, for me, it was just about never asking permission and never... Mm waiting for anybody to allow me to do it by just going out and doing it if I wanted to support a band for instance and we couldn't get the support slot we'd just go and play to the queue outside if a venue didn't want to book us we'd book ourselves you know it's mm -hmm. um I think that everyone out there it seems kind of very official what people are doing yeah. but no one knows what they're doing and everyone's faking it okay. and no one knows what's going to work so really you've got just as much chance as anyone else. You may as well just go out and make it happen yourself. Uh, don't wait for permission. That's, yeah. Oh, 
I love that so much. And I feel like I needed to hear that. Don't wait for permission because I feel, I feel like I have grown up so much with like authority, I think in my, in my life. Um, and like that reminder of like, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. It's so true. And it's taken me to the age of 30 years old to actually realize that everyone is just making it up as they're going along. Parent, you realize that, you know, you just go, Oh, Mm. actually now someone else is relying on me and I don't know what's going on so it's all a lie <laughs> <laughs> it's all a lie nothing is real that's going to be the name of the the podcast um so do, do you both have I was going to ask you about your favorite artist but I feel like I'm just going to be like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I'm not going to have any idea who you're talking about because I'm not cool but do you have any kind of what's your inspirations at the moment yes I do have a dog on my back who's trying to get some attention in there so just ignore (laughs) ignore that (laughs) here's a couple that I think you should definitely check out um one quite new you might have um it might she might already be on your radar already and this is also someone who I brought to the studio sorry not physically I didn't literally bring her to see it, as in <laughs> I brought this song in my head and when we were writing a recent tune I said hey this is really cool I just saw the video it's a brand new song um and it was used as a main inspiration for one of the new songs which is not out yet mm-hmm. um but this is uh green tea peng and her song I Ain't the Same and she mm. had a big kind of push um with her connection through uh, through BLM and I think she was already signed maybe then or that that kind of pushed her into the into the public circle public uh, eye line um, so I would definitely check it out and there's a really really awesome video that goes with it so that's green tea peng um, and then another artist that is one of mine I absolutely adore um, this guy he is in the band Houses and he also heads up his own solo project, which is Dawn Golden. And he's like a producer, songwriter. And it's kind of electronic music, but it's pretty chill. It's kind of, it's like upbeat, but relaxed. Um, really, really nice. And his EP, uh, Fast Talk, you should definitely check out. Um, that's from like 2018. And then the other one's from 2021. Thank you. Definitely going to check those out. Yep. Definitely not cool enough to know either of those. Um, Itch, what about yourself? Uh, I think I'm so out of the loop. I'm so like not with it. I don't I'm really so know any new music or like who's good. Um, it's, it's just been so long. I just listen to really old, weird stuff. And um, well, I'm like, what? what's, your, what's your guiltiest pleasure? Do you, oh, do you listen to Little Mix, Itch? Do you like Little Mix? um no I'm I don't I, yeah no but not because I'm like I'm too good for it there's pop music you're like, not a young teenage girl <laughs> no I listen to a lot of the, I definitely have an inner 14 year old girl who um <laughs> comes out when like Taylor Swift plays um mm-hmm. but it, she's more of a Swifty than a, a little mixer um but yeah I don't know I don't know what I listen to really I just I listen to generally quite bad music well speaking of bad music I actually have recorded a track that I did with my brother-in-law that I'd like to debut on the podcast it's you're laughing itch and I don't know why you're laughing I've already told you I've got a grade one in piano um so I 
I would like to play this for you as a debut. It's called Family. Uh, and I wrote this back in 2012. Um, and it's about my family. And I'd love your honest opinion. No holds barred. Please just give it to me because I would like to hear your honest thoughts. This is the debut. So it's very, very important to me at the moment. Uh, I can see you both smirking. And I don't know why because I'd like for this to be taken seriously. I'm not smirking. Um, this is a smile of encouragement. I'm like, yeah, yeah, thank yeah. You, thank you. Thank you. Interrupt your flow. So I'm just <laughs> know that. Okay. No, I'm like, yes, send it to me, please. I'm going to play it now. You're going to play it now, yes. But, yeah, we're going to get we're going to get some of the live um reaction to this now. So please just listen and see what you think. Sorry, sorry, let me start this again. I'm so sorry. That. Hey, yeah, I'm rapping in this as well, so yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I can't, that's all I can give. That, that's my Warringtonian accent coming through. Chilling out with my homies Leo and Nat. Gonna go to IKEA with Think Kids Fat. Beats flying everywhere, here and there. Viv's been a diva, having a mess. We're Chinese, yo. That's our roots. Don't stereotype us. Bamboo shoes. I want some dim sum and dim some more. I did you under the table till you're on the floor. Cause I'm a real beat beat rhymes with Swinky. But Big Bro don't approve it if you know what I mean. I guess it's just respect, yo. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Respect yourself and your family. After all, that's all we got. Now let's go, guys. I'm craving hot pot. It's all we got. Hungary is what I feel. Curry is what I want. Crazy is what this is. Ming Wan. Um, okay, yeah. So I'm going to stop sharing that now. I'll, I'll send you the rest of the recording, but I'd just love to know <laughs> initial thoughts and whether you think I've got a career in um, rapping. Uh, itch, uh, Marianne, you're on mute. I'm on mute. I was going to say, itch, you should take the floor of being the rap meister. It, it slaps that definitely hard. Um, the slap mean good. Yeah. Do you want to join the crew? It's... Yes. Okay. You're in. <laughs> it's really, yes. it's very impressive. Thank you so much for saying that. I mean, like, I think you were both laughing in encouragement uh, rather than any... lines that you were giving. Sorry, say that again? The punchlines in your lyrics, we were laughing at yeah? that. We were laughing with you. Yeah. You're laughing with me. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> there were some good rhymes in there, like bam bamboo shoots, that's my roots. Like, uh, my... you can have that if you want. <laughs> I'm writing it down right now. I've already written it down, actually. It's, it's on the paper. Uh, my favourite one was, I have some dim sum and dim sum more. <laughs> you can that, also have that. that. That tickled me. That tickled me a lot. Because it's quite a light-hearted track. So when there's a serious track mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, it's really hard hitting and like the yeah. music also lends itself to being like really serious, then the kind mm -hmm. of face will be like this. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh like that it would be kind of like that so a bit like a bit like the yeah. uh the base face mm, yeah of, oh yeah grimy mm. you can't see me you can only grimy. hear me but yeah that is me i'm so grimy yeah, yeah. 
Okay, yes, but but yeah. your track is more like lighthearted and, oh, and oh, yeah, yeah. got that kind mm. of, um, would you say, like 90s New York old school vibe. Oh, I liked so that. Yeah, it could it could have been the could have been the music preset maybe I don't know, but um, but yeah, because preset. it's quite... it was all like originally recorded. Oh, oh it was originally. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, because you can get like well, anyway, I'm digging myself a hole. But uh, very lighthearted. I would just say it needs a couple of mm. maybe just some BVs in like. Uh, to I don't know what that is. Uh, backing bacterial vocals. vaginosis. Ah, okay, yeah. Backing <laughs> oh no, vocals, no, no yeah. one, no one needs, no one needs that. Um, but no, back, back <laughs> vocals, backing vocals in um, mm-hmm. in the chorus. So yeah. that will support you when you're up there. And you can. It's like well, sitting on sitting on a sofa of comfort yeah. and harmony. Well, I'm happy. I'll speak to your management. I'll we can license this if you'd like. Um, mm. I'm happy to do that. Um, I think yeah, it's obviously. It's the next yeah. single. Thank really. you. Don't yeah. change one beat. Don't, <laughs> don't you dare! I'm just going to release this as it is. I think. It's ready. Um, thank you so much. Like I really appreciate you both placating and humoring me um, throughout <laughs> this. Um, I can't believe I just showed that to you both as actual musicians. <laughs> I it. was not sure how that was going to go down. <laughs> and I was really hoping that you wouldn't take it seriously. <laughs> we um, don't but take thank ourselves you. seriously. So. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you so much. Um, I mean, I guess it would be great for us to end this by talking about uh, the protest that's happening on the 23rd of May and anything else that you'd like to promote. You've got your new single coming out, Burn Hollywood Down. Uh, do you want to share some things about that as well? Yeah, Burn Hollywood Down comes out on Friday. Um, it's obviously going to be a disappointment after hearing family. Um, but <laughs> give it a go. Pop it on a Spotify playlist. Um, it's about the sort of stereotypes of Asians in cinema. Um, Mm. about the lip service that the Oscars pays um, that is really just entirely superficial and about also about, you know, our our history on screen, as it were. Mm. Amazing. Uh, I I can't um, wait to hear it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're we're really, really psyched to see it out, release it out into the world. We've got a video accompanying it. Is it coming out on the same day, Itch? Friday. Also on Friday. Oh, sorry. Both at the same time, not just the song. So yeah, also on Friday. And we had a really, really fun time uh, collecting old TVs from all over London and the UK um, and then schlepping them over and then um, beating the living daylights out of them. Um, And yeah, we had loads and loads of fun with that. Um, So do check out the video as well. We're yeah, really excited to share it with everybody amazing we can't wait to see that and if you'd like any support acts I'm I'm willing I know obviously I'm willing to do this I was like uh, I'll do reduce rates seeing as we've met um Mm. it's it's good causes we're stopping EC hate I think it's really important that um I kind of you know play my part in that as well so don't worry about it don't worry about it I'll sort it out with your management Um, it would be a great honor obviously for us to um of course be able yeah. to perform on to share a stage with you would obviously yeah. be you're welcome a career yeah. highlight for me personally i know um and i think i can say for for the band as a whole 
thank you. Yes, of course. You're welcome. You're very welcome, Mitch. Um, Did I career highlight? I meant life highlight. Like, obviously, obviously life highlight. Yes, that's a given. That's a given. Um, well, um, my uh, dog has just destroyed my Monstera plant. So I would like to say thank you so much for joining the podcast. Is there anything else that you would like to add and sign off with? Yeah, we have a protest coming up on the 23rd of May um, in Chinatown. It is a, uh, a, a, a demonstration of Asian unity. We have some incredible speakers, including Amy from B-Scene. Um, yes. Yes. Um, Hackney Chinese Community Centre. Um, uh, we've got some fantastic speakers. Um, it's going to be a fantastic day. So put it in your diary, Sunday, the 23rd of May. Yeah, we've got, also got Sarah Evans, um, the first E-Scene um ec member of parliament um speaking uh acting director writer daniel york low and also i was before this call i was just on every asian voice yes Uh, they were doing the hustings and uh unfortunately had to you know wanted to represent and me mc viv um very special day for me so i had to leave them but uh have i might be mispronouncing his name javez lam javez javez lam is speaking yeah javez lam yeah so he's the the most recent um joinee uh for speaking so yeah really excited 1 p.m on sunday 23rd may please come down check us out we're also going to do a performance and uh we'd love to meet you say hi amazing yes (laughs) we'll definitely be putting everything um all the links in the show notes and um who knows maybe i'll i'll be there performing with you as well as the special uh, the headline guest yeah obviously i mean that would be to get people down um if you could put it out to your fans yeah i'll try i'll speak to my people if you can fit it into a schedule i know it's really tight but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. see what you can wangle yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see what I can do. Depends how much you pay me. But yeah, that's okay. cool. Sit out. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you so much. Genuinely, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for bearing with whilst I've been muting and shouting at Eva <laughs> as she's destroying my plants. Um, so thank you for that. And it's been yeah, a pleasure having you both on and hearing more about what you all are doing. Um, it's great work. Uh, love listening to you guys and can't wait to hear more from you both so thank you so much thank you thanks for having us really lovely to meet you yeah thank you so much pleasure hope to see you soon